Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. And yes, it's a zany morning again. And I'm going to start off with a little story. It's a little strange to admit, but I want to talk about it. It's, It's about my home screen, you know. I have had changed the home screen on phone on my to-do list for a long time. And it's, I think what it is is it's really hard to find the photo that works for you for the space that is the home screen. And so it's something you see every day. And I bet I actually don't want to admit how many times I pick up and look at my phone. It's probably a really big number. And there are some really great photos on my phone roll. And I know that some of them just won't work because of the way the the screensaver is, the way that the clock appears, or maybe it's just a challenge to find something that you want to look at all day long. And maybe the photo is of the wrong season. Maybe it's a little gloomy. You want something a little different. Maybe it doesn't include the whole family. And you think if I put that on, then somebody will wonder why they're not on or it just doesn't fit. So there's something that I've had on my home screen for a long time. It was a photo I snapped of our skylight and the shadow of the perfectly shaped leaf that dropped onto the screen. The sky that day was this glorious pale blue and the image made the screen look like pixels with that dark leaf shape in the corner and I loved its tiny squares and how it made me think about the journey of that leaf and how the wind and the weather conditions had to be just so to allow the leaf to float under the skylight and land where it caught my attention. So one day recently, I spent most of an afternoon scrolling through my photos, pondering which photo might work. I wanted another nature image of nature for my home screen, and I tested some of my favorite. I thought some of my best pictures are twilight and sunset. But the if you just pull out a sliver of it, somehow it doesn't have that same awe and sort of wonder. It, it lost it when you put it on the screensaver. So I decided not to do that. But it was, I will tell you this, it was a wonderful time cruising through the record of our family's adventures. And I highly encourage anyone to spend a little time in the story of your world through pictures. It's sure a lot of fun. You forget about a lot of things that you snap photos of, and to be reminded of them is awesome. And then later that day, I found the one that's going to work, and it's of the prairie and the big blue sky and the clouds that look like a happy summer day. And I picked that because this is what I, every summer, say I'm going to have. I'm going to have this big summer just hanging out in a hammock, sitting on a blanket, having a picnic, something, dreaming about looking up at the sky, pondering the questions of the universe, or listening to the breath, just finding that essential quiet time. It usually never works out that way, but I do always think that that's what I'm going to do. And it's the summer I hope for, because my days are filled with kid activities and chores and zaniness. So I wanted to invite the blue sky, the flowing clouds, and the lazy days into each day. And you know what? It's working. It's really great. I love having this photo on my my screen because we all need to take deep breaths and find our quiet mind. And I think music is another place where we can find that. Music allows us that same feeling you get when you are taking that picture journey through the memories of a lifetime. We make connections to the tunes and allow our mind to ride the waves of sounds And imagine if you could combine music and nature. Music with time outside in a beautiful setting, and you've got the perfect combination for a trip to that place of wonder and awe and glory. So I'm thrilled today to be able to welcome to the studio from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra, Clark Onasorg. And you know what, Clark? I wanted to... I got it. Okay. I'm so happy. The pronunciation of your name. I wanted to check and we forgot as we were chatting before the show. And also with us is Birch Carlson. Did I get that one right? Yes. (laughs) Good, good. And they're here to preview the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra's uh, concert that happens this weekend called Midsummer Serenade. It's a concert of light classics and popular orchestra orchestral tunes. It's really a wonderful lineup. We'll get into it a little bit more. Um, I'm very excited to, to have them on the show. So, 
I'll have each of you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit of updates since your last visit, both of you have been on before, and a little bit about your work, your world, and your music, anything you want to share with our listeners so they can get to know you a little bit. Oh, I guess Clark is pointing to okay. <laughs> Birch. Um, yeah, I'm Birch Carlson, um, and I will be singing with the orchestra this weekend in their concerts, um, something that I've never done before with this group. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. you seem like a good fit. <laughs> it, I mean, you have a glorious voice, oh, and it's uh, going to be spectacular, but I suppose that would be... You've done theater, and so mm-hmm. you've sung with pit orchestras, mm-hmm. but not on... Yeah, not with this group. Um, so this is a really fun, new, exciting opportunity for me. That's Well, well and you did quite the uh, turn with uh, Very Lady Parts Christmas, too, a few yeah. years ago. <laughs> we can never forget that. I do love those <laughs> videos. We should, we should uh, give a shout-out to... Um, the filmmaker Wendy Placco. Yes, who yes. is fantastic and I adore her work mm-hmm. and think that she does amazing things. So people should look that up. <laughs> but you might want to um, tell you've done so many uh, great roles on stage and you know great performances. Tell us about some of your favorites so that folks can remember. Um, sure. Um, well, the last theater thing I did here in town was the show Bright Star with the Guild. Mm. Um, that was amazing. Oh, that music. Mm-hmm. That was the um, Edie Brickell and yep. Steve Martin. And that was so wonderful because it was not really typical musical theater. It was, well, it was musical theater, but the music was so um, different. It was very bluegrass inflected. Um, so it was a different style of music than I think we're used to hearing on our little stage here in town, and definitely than something different for me for singing. Mm-hmm. And you were a character; you were an actor as well. Mm-hmm. So you had to combine both of those. Yep. That's wonderful. And tell us a little bit about your world outside of singing and and music. Um, well, I I'm when I'm not singing, I'm a stay-at-home mom with three boys. Um, which is a lot, and it's really fun. And we're, you know, we're in complete summer mode right now, um, trying to make the most of our <laughs> our brief Minnesota summer here, spending a lot of time at the pool and just playing and hanging out. And that's, re- you're right, it is a really busy time. Mm-hmm. And uh, having three boys, that was my mother-in-law, and I always think about her and think, how did you do it? Because... <laughs> They're so active and so into so many things. So, mm-hmm. I think having, I mean, three, they, they entertain each other, but then they also fight with each other. So, as, as any family knows, yep. that's exactly what happens. Well, I'm thrilled to have you back. Thank you very Thank much you. for being here. And Clark, tell us a little about yourself and, and what's been happening in your world. Well, I've been busy getting the orchestra stuff ready. Um, the city has been very congenial about making Oddfellows Park available for us, which is a perfect outside summer venue because, you know, you can't trust the weather. <laughs> and, you know, when we we took, well, probably a year and a half hiatus with the COVID um, outbreak. And so it was nice to come back last fall when we first played at Oddfellows and um, be able to play outside and the audience could, you know, sit outside and um, nobody had to be breathing each other's air very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was at that concert and I think I was telling Birch this morning that it was that moment, My I think that was probably my first right. step back into the world of live performance and it was a little awkward and we were all kind of wondering should we, how close should we put our chairs and uh, I think peop- some people still had masks, even though we were outside. Oh yeah, we most of the orchestra masked during that too. And it's, I will say this for people that are concerned, we're all one of the conditions that we set for coming back was that everybody would be vaccinated and boosted. And because, to be honest, um, Birch is close to the youngest performer with us, and a lot of us are, you know, <laughs> of an age <laughs> where we thought that, uh, you know thought that, you know, being cautious was the better part of valor. Mm-hmm. So I will, since we mentioned that a little bit, 
this is a concert you want to bring your own chair to mm -hmm. uh, or a blanket. It's perfect for kids because it's, as you mentioned, it's kind of light, relatively brief American tunes, uh, you know, stuff like The Peanut Vendor or um, My Fair Lady, Down a Country Road, Someone to Watch Over Me, um, some exciting stuff like the William Tell Overture and then a little, a little touch into a little more classical um, piece with the Karelia Suite. But um, for the most part, it's a great opportunity to bring young listeners in because they don't have to sit in a pew uh, <laughs> for an hour and a half and they can get up and poke around and and then also uh you know you can if you got kids that are going to do a little cage fighting you know you can you can put your <laughs> put your blanket out on the hillside and uh you know there's plenty of opportunity for people to run around and all that sort of stuff right because um, both concerts are, are outside so folks yes. have an opportunity the first one as you mentioned is tonight at odd fellows at right. odd fellows at 7 p.m and that's on forest avenue beautiful location uh mm -hmm. lovely lovely park and again that's the mid summer serenade and then on saturday you'll on the 18th of june 2022 you'll be at keepsake cidery at 2 p.m for an afternoon concert that's uh off of 135th street east in dundas a really another really lovely location for uh, music i think you've done a few things out there or some some live concerts have been out there i know that our one of our um Faithful cellists Martha Larson, mm -hmm. who uh, worked in um, uh, sustainability at Carleton, uh, and is also involved with gypsy jazz and runs the hotspot down the street, and you know it's another cool community person. Um, she's played there uh, in a variety of things, and I believe that um, Carrie Jensen has also been involved with things there. But we haven't formally uh, been there as a group, so we're super excited because. You know, part of our deal, we're the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra, right? So part of our basic philosophy is to bring in musicians from the extent of the Cannon Valley, which, you know, we kind of, sometimes we've had folks from as far away as New Ulm, and we always have people from Red Wing, mm -hmm. Cannon Falls, Kenyon, Lakeville, um, Faribault. Yeah, when I start a list, I'm going to leave somebody out, so sorry about that. New Prague. Yes, the whole region. Um, right. <laughs> and it's, you know, bringing in musicians from the region is important, but also getting out and attracting new audiences or, you know, getting out and playing music for folks that haven't seen us before is cool. And Keepsake is a fantastic opportunity to do that. And then also you can, you know, as an audience member, you can enjoy a couple of tasty uh, cider beverages, and I know they're you know, their kitchen makes toasties and uh, have little charcuterie plates and other things. So it should be a, uh, you know, a nice, relaxed sort of cafe concert feel. I love it. Yeah. It's perfect. And yeah. so how did this concert develop? Uh, how did the music get selected? When did you come on board, Birch? Paul surprised us with Birch. Um, cause it, with a delightful <laughs> surprise. Oh, yeah. No, it's, we talked a little bit about it. Um, we have a orchestra we have a council that uh, meets and gets together and plans things and paul came up with the uh, repertoire as he always does and then i don't know a month or two ago he told us that uh ed birch had come on board and um so we just show up and grab our music and uh you know get on with it yeah, and so like you mentioned, some of the songs are just looking at the titles. You know, you'll you'll recognize a few, and they'll be. It's just lovely. I, although the first one really surprised me. It was called the Peanut Vendor, El Manacero, which I had not heard before, and it's kind of a fun little tune. I don't know if I can. I, I did have it tracked down. And this is my fault, folks, because I usually send to Jeff so he can preview them. But somehow I must I typed the email and I didn't hit send. So I might try and track it down. Um, but tell us um, if, well, if Birch, you know. Birch could sing a little of it, probably. Are you singing? No, this I'm just, no, I'm no just, you're not. I'm not. I'm just I don't think there her. is. Don't put me on the spot like that. Sorry. I don't think there is a music <laughs> word. At least the versions no. I heard, there weren't words. No. No. <laughs> Any words you hear while we're playing it will be because the music is blowing off the stands, and so it'll be, it'll be inadvertent, um, uh, inadvertent uh, uh, 
expostulations. Yeah, this one is is a fun tune, and so that might isn't one, but once you hear it, it's got that catchy little yeah. uh, rhythm. Um, Karelia Sweet is another by uh, Sibelius, which um, folks may ha- may have heard before. Another just great tune to have. Um, mm-hmm. Down a Country Lane, some Aaron Copeland, <coughs> um, Putting on the Ritz, Berlin, and that's just the opening of the show. We've, we've dropped Putting on the Ritz. That oh, wait, a- you have. That was an accident uh, in the in the um, putting together of the program. Uh, well, I don't know if program. I'm going to go. <laughs> You're you can, to that yeah, I do love that song. <laughs> um, so, here, well, I did track it down. I don't know if we're going to be able to. Oh, Peanut Bender? Yeah. So I, I found the version, I think, um, that I had had. Um, and, of course, the commercials. So let's try and see if we can get this going um we'll give it a whirl this is going to be a a spin and we'll find out if it goes through a little more latin flavor the peanut vendor this is stam kenton and his orchestra so it's a little different version and i i I did listen to it and thought that the horns were probably something you guys have great horn players but it's maybe a little different version We do have a considerable workout for the horns in many of our pieces they play a big role in the william tell overture too Mm -hmm. Um, and uh well you know paul's a Initially a band guy, so we um, we appreciate the the uh, focus on pieces that give the horns something good to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will just mention, you know, I was talking about our role as a community orchestra, and one of the cool things is the steady influx of really talented and interesting musicians into the area. And you know, our we've got new cellists, we've got new violinists, we've got new bass players, um, and the, this piece reminds me that we could always use more percussionists because the section you played has got this really fleshed out. You know, I can hear maracas and you know fancy drummers and all sorts of stuff. And so, if people are interested in getting involved to play with us, they can contact the CVRO through the Northfield Arts Guild website. Um, and um, we're always looking for anybody, but percussionists would be fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I don't know how your tell us how your piece sounds of the peanut vendor at a little. Oh, it's a lot less. I don't know if this is bossa nova or not. It's it's more orchestral. Mm-hmm. Um, and the theme is more prominent. There's a lot less moving and shaking and uh, drumming. Um, so I'm glad that uh, you didn't have to sing along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And so that, I mean, I just think there's great music. And one of the things I love about the CVRO is that um, in the description, it says it's a diverse group of volunteer musicians performing symphonic music. But I love this line, drawn together by our love of rehearsing and performing this fine repertoire. And what caught my eye was this rehearsing and performing. I love that that thought of because obviously rehearsing is a big part of, you know, when you come together, and I think that, um, you know, that might be something people haven't been taken inside of a lot, and you you do have to love that time together because you can play your part at home in your in you know in mm-hmm. your own little world and it sounds great, but you've got to be able to you know come together and listen for the other parts and follow the direction of the conductor. Uh, tell us about rehearsals for the CVRO. Well, it's interesting. Last year, when we decided, probably midsummer, to try to do a, a concert after our hiatus, um, one of our commitments was that we were just going to get together and rehearse, and then if it COVID hit the upswing again at the end of summer, because I think we played around September 7th or so, just mm-hmm. when you know things were heating up at the end of summer, one of our commitments was that it was perfectly worthwhile for us to get together and rehearse for a couple of weeks. And then if the concert was a no go for uh, reasons and we were, you know, paying a lot of attention to the health department and the Northfield arts guild as, as who is our umbrella organization, they, you know, have their thoughts and we have our thoughts. And so we were perfectly happy to just rehearse and then not have a concert if that made sense. Cause that's, that is a big part of it. And we have, well, we have lots of folks, quite a few retired or semi-retired faculty, and a lot of folks here, you know, who who played in college orchestras, and um, we all need a reason to get together and uh, dust things off and, and play together. So uh, the rehearsal and the, you know, the, the sense of community of drag, bringing people together from all over mm-hmm. the region. Right, because you wouldn't normally play together, but this gives you the opportunity to have exposure. And there's so many talented musicians in this town. It's stunning. You know, I'll just say this. For the first time in a long time, we have three bass players, um, which is... I could hear the basses last night, which is pretty cool. And we're we're just overflowing with uh, folks who are... Because everybody felt the strain of not getting out and playing and stuff. So we've got a whole lot of folks... Sure. Yeah, and that's exciting. And uh, Birch, tell us a little about how you approach your rehearsal process. First, you have to learn the songs, and then you're going to learn them with with the orchestra. Mm-hmm. So, talk about how you prepared and when you knew you were ready to go meet with the orchestra, and sure. how that works. Um, well, I got. Um, I'm doing two pieces, singing two pieces with the orchestra this weekend, and the first piece I'd had that music for several weeks so I'd been looking at it working on it at home by myself um but then I didn't get the music for the second piece till I think <laughs> the like what was it two days before our first rehearsal <laughs> um which was which was fine I just I was able to spend you know two days with it um but there really is only so much you can do by yourself when you're rehearsing I mean, you can rehearse your part, but you don't know what it sounds like with the rest of the group. Um, and what I find as a singer, which, I mean, it's a little different than for an instrumentalist. I spent, I also play the piano, and I spent some time playing the flute in high school and college. And when you're, when you're singing, like, you're, you're also, like, you're learning the notes. You're banging them out on the piano, and you're learning the notes. And it's a little, <laughs> I don't know, um... It's, it's kind of funny to be like, okay, this isn't going to, this isn't what it sounds like. You know that when you're singing it by yourself with your piano at home, it's not going to sound like what, when you sing it with the orchestra or if you're singing with a choir, what it's going to sound like when it sings with the, when you sing with the choir. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have this, you have to have this expectation that it's going to sound different when you're with the rest of the group. And that goes for any instrument really Mm -hmm. um so I spent you know as much time as I could learning my own part but you get to a point you run up to this wall and you're like I don't know like is it worth it still doing this by myself I need to do this with the rest of the group because Mm -hmm. once you get with the rest of the group it all comes together and things that you didn't notice before 
it really makes itself apparent. Um, mm, can you give an example? That's really interesting. Oh, um, there's, you know, differences in, in what you think the time signature oh, should sure. be. Okay. And then <laughs> how fast or slow takes or, it you're... or how the orchestra t- kind of can take it away sometimes. Um, and you know, just, and when there's pauses, there's breaks or holds in the music, just how that gets fleshed out and how, and how you're breathing and yeah. And I mean, that's something I have to work on. I have to take mm-hmm. care of. Um, but it's all these little things. It's not just the notes. It's, I mean, it's the space between the notes too. So, yeah, that's really fascinating. I'll mention too that Birch has been a real trooper because we didn't have very effective uh, uh, amplification for her the first couple of rehearsals. <clears throat> and I haven't counted the orchestra, but we've probably got 50 people playing. Mm-hmm. And one of the features of short rehearsal schedule, since we've only had you know, with people's schedules. We were all laughing about how busy June is. With people's <laughs> schedules, we've only had time for a couple rehearsals. So that, you know, when people start to feel comfortable with the piece, all of a sudden they start to play louder. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things I always worry about with singers is us getting a little too enthusiastic <laughs> and drowning them out. And There's only one of me. Yes, yes. right. There's about 50 of you. So can I ask each of you as you're um, playing then, or singing, are, are, tell me what you're listening to or how you manage, because those multiple channels you're listening to of you know both the instruments and your own voice, and maybe you're watching the conductor too. What, what, do you have, are you aware of processing that? That might be a strange question, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I... When I'm singing, I'm definitely watching Paul, the, the director, um, but I'm also listening to what's going on in the orchestra. Um, what's interesting about the, the pieces that I'm singing, and I'll just say this, is they weren't written to be sung with. They're orchestral arrangements ah. of stuff that was originally, you know, songs. Um, so I've gone through and I've, I've written my lyrics in. Um, but then I have in front of me... Um, I think one of them is just a, like a reduced conductor score. So I can see like the cues, like, oh, the flutes are going to do this. Or, oh, this is what the horns are doing. So I can see that in my music, and then I can use that as my own cue as well. Yeah, so you're, there's a lot of different channels that you're <laughs> paying attention mm-hmm. to as you're performing. I find that fascinating. That's a, that's a really yeah. uh, skill you have to develop. And I think as far as being heard, I'm, I'm, I'm being mic'd, and I've been mic'd for the rehearsals and I will be for the performances as well um but it's hard when you're mic'd you don't necessarily know what's coming out of the speaker so I think Paul is paying attention to that and he's telling the orchestra when to simmer down a little Mm -hmm. bit Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot that goes on which is why you have to enjoy that rehearsal process uh uh, you play the violin Clark so Mm -hmm. what, what is your ear doing as you're performing I try to listen to my stand partner mostly, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously you watch the conductor, and then uh, as you get familiar with the pieces, you learn to hear the other parts of the orchestra. Um, and in particular, when we have a singer, it's you know like Birch and I both mentioned it's it's useful to learn to just kind of simmer down a little bit <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> let the let the star shine. Absolutely. Um, yeah, folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. I'm Paula Granquist. We're here at the KYMN studios in downtown Northfield, and we're talking today about the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra. Their concert this weekend is the Midsummer Serenade. I'm here with uh, Birch Carlson and Clark Onasorg. And we're talking about this fabulous concert. There are two two performances, so only one weekend. So you've got to get that uh, on your calendar for this weekend, the 17th of June, Friday at 7 p.m. That's at Oddfellows Park on Forest Avenue. And then Saturday the 18th at 2 p.m. at Keepsake Cidery in Dundas. So it's a bring-your-own-blanket-and-chair. And how does uh, the ticket situation work with the fact that it's an outdoor concert. Well, four or five years ago, we sort of adapted to the modern era and started a um, practice of uh, 
pre-selling tickets. We used to sell them at the door and, you know, through orchestra members because we're a volunteer group. And that was um, as the guild uh, helped us to get more organized, they started to take over the responsibility for selling tickets. Um, a, but they also were perfectly congenial with the idea of operating on um, a pre-sale ticket thing for folks who wanted tickets and then also um, a sort of a pay-as-you-go theory at the door. So we include donation envelopes in the programs and then, you know, I guess sometimes we've kind of passed the hat, but usually what we ask is for people to um, throw a little cash or a check into the envelope and drop it in the basket at the staff desk at intermission or um you know if they happen to get totally turned on by the peanut vendor they can just <laughs> rush the stage and throw piles of cash at us uh, absolutely it yeah. might happen <laughs> and then I, I will say since you mentioned the weather which was pretty smart of you um it seemed more sensible with outdoor concerts to not actually do any pre-sale mm. just just you know logistics I, I think the chance of rain today is nine percent weather's going to be nice it's going to be a beautiful evening mm-hmm. but you never know right uh, in minnesota eh? so well and, and i think the for people also you can um donations are encouraged in lieu of tickets is what the line is in the on the website which is you can go find out more information about the concert at the northfield arts org. click on the arts and music section and there's a, a spot for the cvro the cannon valley regional orchestra and you can also go online there if you would rather donate um, with a credit card you can do that before you go to the concert or if you love the mm-hmm. concert do that afterwards so lots of different ways that folks can make a contribution to keep the programming going and since you mentioned the website that's also been a really useful resource for us to uh, uh, have new community members in the, um, you know, come in and join us. Because mm-hmm. that puts them, people can log on there and express interest, and it will get Andrea Shogren, who's the current director and is just fantastic, um, passes that information on directly to Paul or me or Jeremy Huseth or Heather um, are the other folks that are involved in the council and recruiting, and then we get in touch with folks. So that's a that's a good way for uh, people who are coming in to get connected with us. Absolutely. So folks have lots of ways to make connections. And I want to talk a little bit about the selections that you're doing. I don't think we mentioned the, the tunes that you'll be singing. Maybe we should spend a minute sure. uh, exploring what the songs uh, are and uh, how you practiced and you know found your voice for those um i'll be singing it's um selections from the musical my fair lady which a lot of people know and just can warm fuzzy yeah (laughs) yep um and then i will also be singing a gershwin piece someone to watch over me very very classic i know my heart melts i love that tune yeah um really both of them are just absolute classics um they're wonderful i when Paul Nemisto contacted me about singing with the group, he said, he asked me to su- suggest some music, which I did. I just, I, you know, some stuff that I had in my repertoire that I've been working on. Um, and he was unable to find music for it for full orchestra. Um, so he sent me a list of stuff that are singables that are in their, their library of music. Um, mm-hmm. And these two pieces were in that list. So that's how we came to those selections. Um, and I was perfectly happy with both of those. They're, they're wonderful pieces. Yeah, and for, let's talk about My Fair Lady for a minute. Um, I, do you feel like you get into character when you yeah, sing? Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting because it's, I mean, how many selections are there in this piece we're doing? And it's maybe five mm. different songs, I think it is. And and they're from the whole show, and it's different, a couple different characters singing, and so I'm def- I'm trying to use different singing styles. I don't know if that's coming across, but mm-hmm. um, so I'm trying to do that to 
kind of delineate these different characters because it's definitely, I mean, people know these songs and they know how they're supposed to sound. So is there pressure to, to <laughs> not try bit. to play too much, well, but to be... I mean, yeah. Cause it's not like an actual stage show. I'm not in costume or anything. It's, it's a, it's a concert mm -hmm. and there's definitely a difference um, between, you know, running around stage in a costume versus, you know, you're standing in front of an orchestra. So there's different expectations there. But I am trying to infuse a bit of character <laughs> into each song. Right. And the Gershwin song is one folks may know, uh, Someone to Watch Over Me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a really beautiful classic song. Yeah. And so how did you approach that piece? Well, it's interesting because... Um, the key that we're doing it in for this concert is oh. not the original key that it's oh. written in. Because I have, in one of my musical theater books, I have that piece in its original key. And the key that the, that we're doing it in, that it's written for the, for this orchestral arrangement, is um, it's quite different. Um, so that's been a challenge for me. Um, so have you sung this song before? I'm, I mean, I've worked on it. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a lot lower um so i'm really using like the bottom of my range in this piece um which is a challenge mm -hmm. i mean but it's a it's a different way of approaching it and it's a different way of singing it um so that's that's been interesting i'm suddenly wondering did you and paul consider doing summertime was that on the list? I don't uh, think it was, which is too bad, actually, now that you mention it. Like, well, now we have a, a song for <laughs> next year. <laughs> that's, the, that's one of the stories of the CBRO. You know, we have <clears throat> ideas that, you know, come along yeah. just as a, a function of doing what we're doing. Um, well, now I did pull up an Ella Fitzgerald version mm -hmm. of Someone to Watch Over Me. And, boy, I don't know, my... Uh, on-the-fly YouTube scanning may not be all that great. So I'm going to try this and see. And we can always knock it off if it's it's not going to work. Um, this this is Ella Fitzgerald sings the George and Irwa Gersh, Ira, excuse me, uh, Gershwin songbook. And we'll see if this is, this is close. That was not the song. I think, I, oh, there we go. It was the, it's the whole collection. And I have to scroll down. That was Sam and Delilah, um, <laughs> which makes a little more sense. It, the image is the um, image of the, the album. So I thought for sure I'd found the right one. But no, I had not found the right one. This, I believe, is it. Let's see if we can back that up. Let's give it another whirl. And it's Art Zany Radio. There's always something zany happening. So here's Ella Fitzgerald. That's all. There's a saying old says that love is blind. Still we're often told, seek and you shall find. So I'm going to seek a certain lad I've had in mind Looking everywhere, haven't found him yet He's the big affair I cannot forget Only man I ever think of with Little lamb who's lost in the woods 
Thank you, Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, I'm just, my heart is melting. I just absolutely love her voice, love the song. Is that something you do, uh, Birch, when you're preparing? Do you look at uh, songs and you know, look at different recordings and how I, different I artists? Yeah, I know some people don't like to do that and they purposefully stay away, which is, you know, that's a legitimate thing to do. But I really like to listen to other people perform music that I'm working on. I find it helps me a lot. And I um, I think the worry sometimes is is that, well, you're just going to copy what another singer is doing, but I don't, I don't feel like that's happening. I'm feeling like it's, you're hearing how other people are doing it, so you can take that um, and incorporate it into your own style and your mm-hmm. own voice. Um, so I, I definitely listened to that same recording of Ella. I mean, she's one of my favorites. I know. Like, like how can down. you not love yeah, what Ella yeah. is? She can touch any one of those songs mm-hmm. and you're, you can just melt from yep. hearing her voice. But you're right. Uh, no one uh, should expect that you're Ella because uh, there's only one. No, no. I mean, <laughs> and so you do have to be able to work with what your voice is. Yeah, you and, have the limitations of your own voice and you can only do certain things with it how about with phrasing is that something that as you're um you know looking at the song that's part of you know adding style Mm -hmm. or adding uh, you got to be careful with that yeah I mean um I mentioned earlier that the key that we're singing that I'm singing this in that the piece is in is this is quite low for me so I mean, my phrasing is, is affected by that for sure. Um, I'm finding I have to use a lot more breath support in the lower register. Mm. Um, so that affects my phrasing and that affects when I have to breathe. Um, and that's fine. I mean, you just have to recognize that and, and say, okay, I have to breathe here. <laughs> otherwise, it's just not going to work. Um, so then you have to make those choices and, and that affects um, the style that you're singing in. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the interesting things about listening to that recording is there's such nifty interplay between the strings and the singer, mm-hmm. right? It's it's tossed back and forth. And then it, it's just a challenge for us as a community orchestra because we rehearse in a variety of different spaces. And so most most folks have the luxury of playing in the same space over and over and over. And over the years... <clears throat> we've been the beneficiary of a lot of generosity in the in the uh, community. The uh, middle school we re- use for rehearsal space, the high school, the UCC church, St. John's, um, St. Olaf we used to rehearse at a lot. And when at the same time you're trying to learn a piece and then to learn to play it uh, in a coordinated fashion with a singer, it's it's just a little additional difficulty if you're not as familiar with the acoustics. And, you know, it's been a cool thing to play outside mm-hmm. under a metal roof um, uh, with the wind blowing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is, it's, it's just an additional fun challenge, and that's actually one of the cool things about uh, Dr. Nemisto is that he's a lifelong educator, right? He was a band instructor out in eastern Canada before he came to St. Olaf in 1978. And whenever we talk about things, he mentions that one of his big goals, in addition to drawing in folks from the community, both to uh, performers and audience members, is he wants to um, provide a learning experience for the members of the orchestra. So you may remember a few years ago we had one of our really fun concerts we had jay and molly Mm -hmm. uh, molly mason from prairie home companion and and jay unger i remember that concert well well yeah Mm -hmm. it's a bit of a stretch for us you know to learn to play a lot of american swing music and you know you could tell right where it's we don't exactly necessarily have the groove for gershwin Mm -hmm. or uh you know some more bluesy things or Mm -hmm. jazzy things and it's that's not an accident um Entirely, um, it's, it's part of his uh, part of his scheme to make sure that we all come out of these things a little bit better than we went in. Yeah, and I like when Paul sometimes adds commentary, a little history of the song, or something about the piece or the uh, or way they orchestrated. It's it's a good experience to be there for the concert, and you know, lifelong learning is 
something I think we can all value. Mm -hmm. And you, you, the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra does a great job in keeping us uh, you know, interested in different styles of music and trying new things. So there's always a surprise, and that makes it fun to go to. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll throw in, just, just since we were talking a little about Paul, um, he's been doing this at our... It's hard to count because we were... We were at our 40th anniversary when we went into hiatus, so this could be our 41st year. It could be our 42nd, depending <laughs> on how you count. How do, you, how do people count <laughs> yeah. anymore? I don't know. <laughs> but he's also been running the Vintage Band Festival for quite a few years, which is also a tremendous commitment of time and brings, you know, we were talking about it the other day, um, it alternates between uh, a smaller performance schedule one year and then a larger performance schedule every other or a third year. And in the big schedules, I think the number of concerts they put on in a extended weekend is something like 44 different concerts, 40 different concerts. And that is coming up at the end of July, beginning of August. Yeah. And I've got a couple of weeks reserved on Arts Any Radio, is, so we can go into it. Are you bringing Dan Bergeson in? We'll see who okay. who's going to be the guest. But yeah, there's a great opportunity for uh, music mm -hmm. learning at, at that event as well. As always, I'm reluctant to thank people in particular because... You'll miss somebody, you right? You'll always forget somebody. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that Dan has become... Uh, one of the moving forces behind the organization of that, and that's the vast amount of complex stuff that needs to get dealt with. But that's also another nice thing that Paul's, you know, got behind and brought uh, brought out that's just part of the local fabric of life here. It's a very nice thing. It is, and we're very lucky to have these opportunities. This weekend is the Midsummer Serenade. You can get more details at northfieldartskill.org. Click on the Arts, Music, CVRO tabs. And uh, what else are we missing um, about this concert? And uh, it's going to be a glorious you know, evening and afternoon for performing. How are you feeling? Are you ready for it? It's happening tonight and tomorrow. I think so. I feel like well, we rehearsed last night, and I felt I felt good after I rehearsed with you guys last night. So mm -hmm. yeah. Um, well, we got a whole a new eleven dollar microphone for you. I was a, yeah. we're treating her like a queen. You know, that's, <laughs> well, and that it's going to be so wonderful to be with other folks in the park mm -hmm. or at the um, wonderful, amazing keepsake cidery. And to just come together again. I think we're missing a lot of that. And this mm -hmm. music can often bring us together. Yeah, there's something to be said about making music and listening to music with other people. Um, I found during, you know, lockdown and, you know, I, I would rehearse on my own. I practice for fun. I wasn't, like, preparing for anything. But um, once I got out and was rehearsing with people again in, in choir or for theater it's just it's it's um it feeds part of your soul i think you're right and it's something that especially like you said to complete that triangle of performer and audience mm -hmm. and just ha have everything come together in the space it, it's live music you can listen to it on your you know headphones or you know your record or your CD or whatever it is, your choice, uh, but it's never quite the same as being in person. Mm -hmm. And and I'm just going to add, it's something I mentioned before, but um, Birch reminds me again that the aspect of the collaboration to do something positive for the community is something <laughs> where we really are grateful to the various venues that support us, you know, one way or the other. Um, and the city has been really helpful and pleasant in um, helping us arrange the space and the use of it and the people donating their time. A, a few years ago, because one of the ways we support ourselves is by writing grants, particularly to the Southeast Minnesota um, Arts Commission. And um, as, as an exercise for that, we recruited information about the amount of time you know, which includes travel and practice and rehearsal time uh, that's essentially donated by members of the orchestra and, you know, associated spouses and friends. <laughs> right. and, you know, it, it turns out to be, you know, it, of course it's good for us because it's, it's easier to be involved and do something constructive when there are other people doing it because it provides a sort of an impetus um, 
to get everybody out there. But it, it turns out to be quite a bit of time, and um, uh, and it's all for our benefit, pretty much, which is nice. And it's because you all love it, and that comes through as, as an audience member. Mm-hmm. I get to see um, and hear and listen to all that, be, and it, it shines through. So very excited for this concert. Oh, I, I'll say this. Thank you, guys. You're always nice about providing, you know, promotional time for us and playing a few things and interviewing people. And that's that's part. I I just realized that that's part of the effort that I had kind of, uh, you know, glossed over. Yeah, it does. It takes a whole community, and we all come together, and it makes it a better place if we can have these kind of opportunities. So, folks, I hope you will join them for the Midsummer Serenade. There's so many songs on the list we didn't even get to talk about. Um, all of them. I'm looking forward to this Tango Lullaby. That That's one I didn't know, but of course it was on the list, and so I looked it up, and I hope that you'll um, have the opportunity to get to know that song, too. So I'll, I'll tease you with that, that you, sh- you should definitely listen. Uh, thank you again for coming, uh, Birch Carlson and Clark Onasort from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra. Folks, this is Art Zany Radio. I hope you will always find time for your imagination, of course. Make sure that you always add a little extra art zany to your life. In the meantime, till next time, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. 95.1, The One. Still a friend you can count on.